1: Well, good morning, uh, everybody. This is uh, Guest Thursday, and uh, we have very, very special guests from uh, Tampa, Florida. Uh, Been on our uh, broadcast, are Dave and Melissa Dunkel, and uh, Alex. Uh, you live in Tampa, and where
2: exactly do you li- do you live? I'm I'm uh, literally uh Dave Dunkel, Dave and Melissa Dunkel's literal next door neighbor.
3: Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah,
2: neighbor,
1: which is actually part of the story a little bit of uh what, what Alex will share about some things that happened with him and uh we're very excited to have you. How is it uh how is it down in Tampa? Is it warm right now? What's going on?
2: Yeah, it's good. It's uh dry, it's not as humid as it normally is this time of year, so we're enjoying sunny weather, not a lot of rain. Uh it's been it's been nice, cool mornings, it's beautiful. Yep and um, how long have you
1: been living at that particular uh, location uh, there on the bay?
2: I think uh, so about four years so my father and I owned a business and uh, we sold the business five years ago and one of the things that uh, my wife and I decided to do is to move on, live on the water. So that's what we
3: do. Oh, that sounds great. Uh, were you before. in Tampa prior to that and just moved to the water at that point? or were Yeah, you same elsewhere? zip
2: code. I mean, we just literally moved not far, just, uh. Just you know, on have, to the water, huh? The right
3: <laughs> Good for you.
2: So what kind of a boat do you have? I have a small boat. I actually have two boats, right? So we just bought a little 14 foot boat for our, uh, for our younger sons. And, uh, and then we have a 25 foot fishing boat. Ah, nice.
3: Very fun. How old, how many children do you have and how old are they?
2: So seven children. So 32, 29, 27, 17, 15, 13, 11. Uh, and then we just about uh, a month ago got our first foster child. So we have a, a 20 month old, uh, little girl living with us.
3: Oh, how wonderful. Mm -hmm. That's so special.
2: And then six grandchildren. I can't leave the grandchildren out.
3: Oh my goodness.
1: They all probably, uh, if they're uh, living living near you, probably enjoy the water, right?
2: Yeah, that's one of the things. uh, Most of them live in Chicago. Oh, they do?
4: Yeah.
3: Oh, wow.
2: Whereabouts in Chicago? They They live in Elgin. My uh, son-in-law and uh, daughter live there. They were missionaries in Uganda. Mm -hmm. And uh, four years ago they left Africa and um, and he he's a pastor of a of a church in Elgin.
1: Oh, cool! Mm-hmm. Wow, that's neat. Um, and how it was, it was Dunco was living there before you?
2: Yeah, uh, yes. I didn't that really could know. Couldn't have Dave, been so,
3: too it, much before that, though, right? No, it doesn't seem no. like Dave's had that. No, he was there probably long. just a year yeah.
1: before Alex got there. That's yeah. cool. Well, we'd love to hear the story about it. So, first of all, uh, Alex, share with the uh, audience
2: uh, how did you come to know Christ in your life. So, you know, I grew up a upper middle class family, uh, great parents, went to church, uh, but I just missed the gospel uh, mm. um, for whatever reason, just uh, did not click with me. Um, so I, you know, I, I got married, uh, set out to be a, you know, a business guy. And uh, my first uh, marriage ended in divorce. I uh, had three kids with my first wife, and then my uh, my mother, who was my best friend, was dying from cancer. Mm. This was all kind of happening at the same time. And uh, I wasn't a believer, and I was angry, and I was upset, and, uh, and I left Tampa, and I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, where I promptly kind of fell off the edge. I became a mm. uh, homeless uh, drunk, an alcoholic, uh, living on wow. the streets of Atlanta. And on uh, September 27th, 1999, I cried out to the Lord to uh, either kill me or deliver me, but I could oh. not live uh, one more day. And, uh, and the Lord heard my cry and he sent a man to me uh, who shared the gospel with me and taught me how to live a life, a restored life without drugs and alcohol and how to follow Christ, so.
3: Can I ask, how did that transpire? How did this guy show up in your life? What
2: I well, I I, I, uh, I cried out, and uh, the next thing I you know I said, well, what's the first thing that I could do? So I went to an AA meeting, mm-hmm. and uh, and this guy was at that meeting. He came That's up to awesome. me after the meeting, and he said, look, what everything, that, many of the things you hear her are not true. <laughs> You know what, what you need. This is about the reclamation of your soul, and uh, and I can help you uh, turn your life around by pointing wow. you to Christ. So come with me. And I said, Okay, you know, it was like whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it right, kind of a thing.
3: That's I was, awesome. I was
2: 35 years old.
3: Hmm.
2: And where were you wow. uh, back when you got married? Where were you then? Uh, I well, I lived in Tampa uh, first and then. You know, as my as my life kind of melted down, I thought if I moved to Atlanta, be a good mm-hmm. geographic cure, everything would be better in Atlanta. And mm. that was certainly not the case, right? Things got worse in Atlanta. Yeah. So. Yeah. And after
1: you-
3: It's amazing uh, how sometimes God allows us just to get to that place so that we recognize our real need for him. And I, I just love, I love the beauty of what you just shared, how you cried out and he sent somebody because- he will do that he wants he wants to meet us in that
2: place yeah i mean the prod the prodigal son right i was at the beautiful i was at the end of myself right Mm -hmm. there was nothing left in me nothing you know Hmm. so i needed i needed i needed god that's great yeah
1: and what uh after you come to know christ uh uh, what, what 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 did your career and your family life uh move to what what things happened in your uh, life then at that point?
2: yeah, so uh, so the Lord took you know i my I was a failure in every aspect of my life at that stage, and the Lord took this this life of ashes, really mm-hmm. and uh, and he uh, by his strength and his power uh, created uh, a life of beauty from the ashes mm-hmm. that I had once. Uh, that once was my whole life, all of my life, really, so.
1: Yeah, and what specifically happened with your career? I moved,
2: I, eventually, I moved, back, shortly after that, I moved back to Tampa. My three children from my first marriage, they came to live with me full-time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I reconciled my relationship with my father. We we uh, worked together to build this equipment business in Florida, and Georgia. Uh, And God bless that Um, my, my, my restoration with my family, I met a woman, her name's Melissa, whom I'm married to today Mm -hmm. at church. And, uh, you know, God certainly did for me what I could not do for myself and introduced me to Melissa. And we have four children together. And, uh, yeah, I mean, in my, just my broken and shattered life was, was restored. In
3: that process, do you mind me asking, did the, the gentleman that you, um, that actually introduced you to Christ did he walk alongside and mentor you for a little while did you plug into a church um, have some uh, you know some other p- key people in your lives that walk that walked alongside you how did that transpire
2: yeah I mean he was pretty tough right he was he was a right? master uh simple things like put your shoes under your bed before you go to bed at night so that you'll remember when you're getting them that you'll be on your knees and you'll remember that you should cry right. out to the Lord to to protect you and give you strength to make it through the day. Uh go to church, Bible study, mm-hmm. prayer. So he walked with me for a while. And then I when I moved to Tampa, you know, his his comment to me was, Hey, well I'll help you in the transition. But uh, you know, then what you need to do is you need to find other people to help, right? Good. I help you, you need to help other people, you need to share the good news of of what God mm-hmm. did for you with other people and help others. I so, love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And what, uh, tell us about your business uh, with your uh, equipment business, uh, what, how did that develop and uh, what did that look like? And I know you wound up selling it. Um, what, uh, what, were the, what were the years of, you, uh, I think you said you got reconciled with your dad and so you together did this business and tell, tell us how that went. Yeah, so my
2: mom, you know, my dad worked for a big corporation, we moved around quite a bit. Uh, and then in 1980, my parents bought this kind of broken down old business in Tampa. Uh, and we moved to Tampa when I was 17. So, uh, so my parents kind of bought it. It was, it was kind of a, it was, it. My dad said it had it had a face only a mother could love. It was a, a terrible <laughs> business, uh, and it was very small. And uh, over time, through compounded effort, and, uh, you know, and I also, I also think blessing, right? The Lord certainly blessed it. Uh, you know, we grew it to over 100 million dollars in revenue. We had over 250 people. Uh, when we sold the business five years ago. All right, cool.
1: Uh, and when you sold it, um, how did that go in terms of what, what was what were you led into next, and how were you how were you led into that?
2: So I was angry. So I was a minority shareholder. I did not want to sell the business. Mm. Uh, the majority shareholder was my father. And what I learned when the seventy percent owner of the business, the majority owner, wants to sell the business. Well, you know what happens even if he's your dad the business gets sold so mm. uh so we sold the business we had a liquidity event right which was a blessing um uh, and i stayed with the new owners for about uh, a year and a half and during that period of time i was just on my face before the lord trying to figure out you know had, was i starting a new chapter of my life was i finishing one you know what did he want me to do next you know i wanted to do You know, I just wasn't sure. And then it just became clear that it was time for me to to uh, that I was ending a chapter of my life and that he had something else for me to do. Mm. Yep.
1: And so how did that, uh, how did you get led into what you wound up doing?
2: Well, first I thought I could retire. So I I left uh, the company uh, and then took some time off and my wife, sorry for sorry for the noise here we have a few like I said we kind of have a, a zoo around here we have a few pets too so um so we um so what the question again i'm sorry
1: how did you uh how how were you then as you were uh, being led into your next thing how did that what did that look like what were the things that you went through to now be led into
2: what you're actually what you wind up doing now okay yeah so i read a book called halftime written by bob buford which was pretty impactful uh and it just became clear that the one thing that i wanted to do was do something that would have a multiplied impact for the kingdom mm. and uh and i also wanted to do something where i could control my own schedule you know with seven children and all of these kind of things that we have going on being able to control my own schedule was important uh to me, so that was kind of the filter. I'm sure
3: Melissa appreciated that aspect as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, you know, when we were growing the business, the equipment business, you know, I, I worked a lot of hours and traveled a lot. So, you know, I wanted to um, be more available for her. I mm-hmm. was kind of not. I kind of was like, well, I got to do this. You manage everything. I'll be see you in a week. Right? Kind of a mm-hmm.
4: thing. So.
1: Yeah so what uh how did you process uh, uh and where are the things that led you into uh you know moving into c12 yeah
2: so i learned about c12 i'd never heard of c12 you know i, I live right next door to dave i went to the same church uh, with mark Dillon, who was a chair for over a decade and no one had ever talked to me about c12 you know uh and i, I joke about it now i said i must not have been a very a good enough christian uh, for them to think I would be a prospect to join. So, uh, so I, I learned about C12. Uh, I met with Scott and Terry and then, Oh, I um, love
3: Scott and Terry. mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, so spent some time with them and they said, well, you should go talk to some of our members. And they said, well, you should go talk to this guy, Dave Dunkel. And I said, well, okay, sure. But he's my neighbor. And they're like, he's your neighbor. (laughs) I said, he's my literal neighbor. And so it was interesting. So I, I I spent a fair amount of time with Dave and, uh, and he kept giving me riddles of scripture. Well, you know what you need to do? You need to abide in the vine. You need to ask, you need to seek, you need to knock. And I was like, okay, well, what does that mean? And he says, well, I'd be happy to process this decision with you about whether or not uh, you think God wants you to be a C12 chair. And so that was kind of when he was exposing me to these abiding concepts, Mm. uh, is I'm going through this processing of trying to decide whether God wants me to be a C12 chair or not.
3: How fascinating. So I'm just, now I'm catching up a little bit on this. So you didn't never, you didn't step into C12 as a business owner at all. You're stepping in as a chair.
2: That's correct. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So this is your
3: next chapter. That's exciting. Okay.
1: Yeah. So as you were, uh, Ask Seek and Knocking, Um, how did you look at uh, the opportunity? I know Scott uh, and Terry, uh, at their phase of life, uh, Kathy, they were actually looking at um, Mm -hmm. divesting Mm
4: -hmm.
1: of all that they were doing and wanted to do, you know, because they were getting getting older and wanted to do different things. Wanted to
3: scale back. So they wanted to scale
1: back. And so uh, now Alex is available to consider.
4: Uh, mm-hmm.
1: You know, buying into the practice and then taking over that area, and actually, uh, Scott didn't ultimately leave completely because now he's he's still he's kind of a sub chair. He flipped they flip positions. He's a sub chair mm-hmm. under Alex. But how did you? What are the, some of the considerations that you went through as you were processing that to come to a conclusion about it? That yeah, this was what God had had
2: for you to do. <clears throat> i started dave started showing me about this idea about cross-referencing scriptures and looking Mm -hmm. and trying to see seeking truth uh about what uh what god would have me do next you know what my gifts were what my talents were Mm -hmm. examining the scriptures uh and then just kind of continuing to process right this asking seeking knocking uh you know he I, I got a hold of discerning God's will for your life, and I started going through that. Is I was going through this process of trying to decide whether or not uh, God wanted me to be a C12 chair or not. And uh, after a period of time, I went to their, if like an annual convention in Atlanta. And what was crazy, I went up there and uh, it was all positive, and all the signs were really, really good. That I thought that it was what the Lord wanted me to do, and I went out for a walk. And the next thing I know, I find myself in a place where 20 years before I used to stay at night underneath the Mm -hmm. highway, right? And it was kind of this thing, this startling thing that it was like, wow, you know, the Lord has carried me so far and here (laughs) I'm kind of returning to the, the scene of the crime, if you will. And it was like, the Lord is just like, it just became clear to me and Dave and. Scott and Terry and Mark and a couple of other people as we were processing it, it just became clear that uh, that what the Lord wanted me to do was to 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 be a chair, uh, mm. to work for Scott, and to be a chair, and that's kind of how I started. Yep.
3: I love that he actually took you to a point that shows you the redemption story, the full circle okay. of the redemption story as he led you into that. That's beautiful.
1: Yeah, it was cool. So you um, so you actually then stepped in to be in a chair. Uh, uh, yeah. So she had working one of his groups, right?
2: Yeah. Where, no, I started. I didn't have a group. He said you, you're going to sink or swim kind of thing. You go out there and you try <laughs> to find your own, uh, your own, uh, your own people and uh, go at it. So I went to training and uh, you know uh, and got uh, trained. And then during that period of time, my my father-in-law uh, was diagnosed with terminal liver cancer. And then my oldest son who was a Navy SEAL suffered a traumatic brain injury mm-hmm. when he was deployed in Yemen. So I've got, uh, got all these things going on at home, all these kids. And then I've got my father-in-law who lived in Tampa was dying from cancer. And my wife and I were his caregivers. And then my son who now was back in San Diego after his deployment, uh, is married and has a, a baby and, uh, And he's kind of a a, a, kind of a mess, kind of a train wreck actually from his accident. Uh, And it was like, uh, it was interesting, right? Because I'm like, here I'm all excited to be a chair, but yet I've got these other kind of commitments and responsibilities Mm. that needed, that were kind of a priority. Um, So it was an interesting time for sure. Yeah.
1: And how did that uh, develop? Uh, further, as you uh, went through all of that, and then wound up uh, basically uh, buying the buying into the practice, and really taking over the region.
2: Yeah, so so it was this thing where I was—I I didn't have much time to be a chair because I had these obligations, and I'm like, well, I guess you know I'll put this whole abiding thing to the test, right? Because I really don't have a whole lot of other <laughs> options, and so I really uh, tried to tune my ears to what the Lord would have me do on every given day. And what was just unbelievable is that the Lord provided. So I ended up building a group faster than anybody in the history of C12, but it really wasn't Alex. It was (laughs) clearly the Lord's hand on directing my, my steps. Um, and then in 2019, uh, you know, and I didn't become a chair till midway through the year. I won this rookie of the year award with c12 but it was really not anything it wasn't that i was so smart or that i was Mm. so great or had all these skills it was just that that the lord you know i just listened to him and did what he told me to do and uh Mm. and the results really were they're really his results not really mine so and then scott got sick right he went had some tests and there were some complications from the tests And he and Terry was hospitalized for about a month. They they called me to the hospital and they said, we need to talk to you. And I said, okay. And they said, the Lord has told us that it's now time for you to buy. It's clear that, you know, he's anointed you. He's blessed you with this to be able to do this. And and we need to kind of downshift. And so uh, we would like to sell the C-12 business in Tampa Bay to you. Uh, we feel like it's what god wants you to do and my wife and i we thought about it we prayed about it talked about it the four of us for a while and then it was we worked out a deal and uh i think in january of 2020 we purchased january 1st the business from scott and terry and they're scott's kind of semi-retired and uh you know and uh he and terry are continuing on and so it's it's a good it's been a good thing
1: did you uh you know with the timing of that obviously and then covid I was about
3: to ask COVID, the same thing covid he takes COVID, over covid hits, COVID hits. <laughs> how did how did you uh,
1: handle all that of that uh obviously uh impact it's going to have on even how you could do stuff
2: yeah so i think it was good right i think it was uh god's perfect timing was in the transition because mm. scott is he's a great man he's the longest serving c12 chair he's in his mid 70s uh, and I think that the pivoting that was required for us during that period of time, where you, you can meet, you can't meet technology, all the things that I think the Lord's hand was really in the transition mm-hmm. because I think it would have been hard, uh, yeah. harder for them if if Scott and Terry would have been the ones that had to do that. So mm-hmm. you know, I'm 20 years younger, so I'm more comfortable with technology. I was su- super excited, I had this grand plan and then, you know, 90 days later, we kind of shelved the plan and said, well, we just need to serve our members well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And how, how did that go uh, in terms of your your uh, territory now coming together? Tell us about, you now. how many groups do you have? I know Scott still has one group, right? He's still, is he doing one or two? Just two
2: groups. So he has a CEO group and a key player group. Okay. And, um, uh, and I have five groups. Um You work with about 55 or 60 business leaders, and, uh, you know, it's a a blessing. It really is. It's, uh, you know, especially during these really challenging times. I mean, Mm -hmm. somebody that's had business experience through good times and bad times. And I also think that whole idea about hearing from the Lord, there's so much noise and chatter Mm -hmm. and craziness out there. Uh, How do you know what to do, right? Right
3: that's alex my uh, my husband is a c12 member in rick ferris's group up in oh. new england and that you know c12 has been just a rock for all of their entire group during this mm-hmm. uh, you know navigating this crisis i think it has been even more valuable if possible because of this
2: yeah, yeah rick's a great guy right the the yeah. original sheepdog i think is what <laughs> he claims himself as but he's he's a, he's a great chair and he does a great job up there
1: yeah and as you uh again help the audience understand uh when you say a chair and you've got five groups um Mm -hmm. what exactly do you do and and what's your what do you see as your purpose and vision for for that uh uh, ministry what uh, describe for everybody so they, they get clarity again about well what exactly are you as a chair and and how do you work how do you work it
2: yeah. So what? So what we do at C12 is we help uh, Christian business leaders uh, build great businesses for a greater purpose. So that's kind of our mission, and uh, how we do it is we do it in groups, uh, and it's called C12 because Jesus had twelve disciples. So we we gather up in these forums of twelve business leaders, and uh, and we have these forums on a monthly basis, and we learn how to build great businesses for a greater purpose. That's really what we do.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then how much, uh, in addition to your, so you have a group meeting, um, you also have what's called one-on-ones. What is, what is that like? What do you do with that?
2: Yeah, so we have uh, one-on-one uh, coaching sessions. We call them Focus 60s, but but really, I mean, I what, what we're really trying to accomplish there is to help these leaders really kind of hear from God about what God would have them do. And, you know, in their personal lives, in their family lives, with their business and their community. So uh, ministry things. So that's really the focus of what we do. Yeah.
3: And a lot of C12 members, I know not all, but a lot of them have now also had the opportunity to learn about abiding. Right. I mean, that seems to be a core thing. I know, at least in in Rick's group, um, that's common language there is really learning how to abide and to seek god's will and they really hold each other accountable to that
2: yeah and i think that uh, for sure it's uh many many uh, of the c12 chairs teach their people or or Mm -hmm. promote the abiding process and i just think it gives you such a great context to learn how to do it most people don't know how Mm -hmm. they don't know how to hear from god they don't know how to mm, abide in the vine they don't know how to do it right Yeah. So. yeah
1: and we'll uh uh i'd like to actually in there because uh, we're going to have alex back uh, for uh next week would be to share a little bit more about that of uh how do you do that what do you understand about it how can you help others uh understand about that and then what why is that so important even in your ministry with these c12 members who are executives of uh, companies and uh uh, again, C12 is structured, uh, he, he said it, they've got CEO groups, all owners and leaders of companies uh, and key players, and what's the difference, uh, Alex, between a, uh, a CEO group and a key player group?
2: So we go through the same material. Uh, so the forum material, the, the curriculum is the same. Um, the CEO groups, of course, have only presidents and CEOs of the business. The key player groups consist of the support people, you know, the the key executives in a business, uh, and um, so. And the, and the fundamental difference is uh, uh, the the key player groups. We don't do coaching with them generally, one on one coaching with them. We expect the CEO or the executive of the business to coach and do one on ones. Yeah, with that people. makes good. sense. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's great. Well, we really yeah, appreciate. I'd love, Go ahead, Kathy. I was just
3: gonna say I'd love when we have you back. I would like to hear more um, on the business stuff, obviously, but I really mm-hmm. want to know how God led you through abiding to foster this new little baby mm-hmm. in your house. So hold that story for me too, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, well, great. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, we'll uh, get excited about that. Thank you so much for uh, sharing, uh, you know, your story and <laughs> how God weaves things together. You know, with. Uh, Hey, you got to talk to that guy, this guy, Dave Dunkel. Uh, well, he's actually my neighbor. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah. And how influential Dave was, you know, in, in terms of helping you understand God's will for you, which, which sounds like you're mm-hmm. in the middle of it all. And you got lots going on, like you said, Kathy, with, uh, you know, a foster kid and you got your kids and you got your family and uh, your marriage and, you know, just all kinds of cool stuff that uh, we'd like to hear more about. So we'll look forward to hearing that tomorrow. Alex, thank you so much for... Sharon and uh, Kathy will uh, uh, have him again uh, back uh, next week. And and then of course we have our end times Friday tomorrow. So we'll be excited. about that. Sounds
3: great. Thanks for joining us everyone. And thank you, Alex, for sharing. Looking forward to hearing more.
0: Yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back.
3: Have a great day everyone.
0: Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All For Jesus Living Waters Ministry.